0: This is the metaverse that will eliminate all other metaverses.
1: And we are the founder Brian Schuster, the creator of this metaverse on our podcast today.
0: Welcome to The Beam Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto, from beginner tips to expert picks. Use this as fuel for your investing journey, because when you're in the know, your money will grow.
1: The Beam Pod is presented by Dowmaker, the top crypto launchpad in the industry. Dowmaker allows
0: people to participate in top crypto projects before they launch and generate some of the best returns you can find
1: anywhere. They also provide growth solutions for crypto projects that are looking for funding and assistance with marketing.
0: With their revolutionary new public strongholder offerings, everyone can get early access to top crypto projects regardless of their net worth.
1: Dowmaker is rapidly disrupting the venture capital industry. If you're interested, head over to Dowmaker.com to learn more. This episode of The Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap
0: is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka The Jolly Green Investor. And
1: this is Josh, The Nifty Investor. Today, we have the founder of what could be the best metaverse ever created on the show. This is looking like the number one metaverse of all time. And we have Brian Schuster, the founder, on our podcast today. Brian, welcome.
2: Thank you pleasure
0: thanks for joining us brian so let's just get right into it tell us high level what is your metaverse which is called otherverse
2: so otherverse is a platform which is designed to be a fully interoperable system of metaverses um in addition to our own owned and operated metaverses which we're bringing up of course the otherverse platform allows third parties anybody um who's interested in participating as a metaverse owner and otherverse sovereign to come in, use this very advanced set of tools that we've uh, been designing and building for a very long time, um, and easily to architect, build, manage, run their own metaverse platform. The beauty of this being a fully interoperable platform is that it leverages the network capabilities. So you're not just building your own little walled garden, you're building it's as if you're building a website on the internet as opposed to building a website on a standalone where somebody needs to download a browser just to hit your website. For example, you can leverage traffic, you can leverage um, uh, all types of revenue streams and you can leverage the the community that already exists.
1: Yeah. Right. That sounds very high level. It sounds like it's going to be incredible. I know you're going to be launching it relatively soon and it sounds like there's a lot of work that has gone into this project and, you know, I know that I couldn't just start something like this up. You know, I, I wouldn't know the first day on the hat. We were just looking at Shane and I were just looking at the detail on this image behind us. Uh, we'll have some images up for the people who are watching on YouTube. The high quality, the detail, like, you know, you have like this image of a hot dog, but you can see the prices on this little stand here, the rivets. Yeah. You it's, know, it's really next level. What is your background? Like where can you tell us a little, a little bit about yourself and how you got to this point?
2: Oh, yeah. So I started on the internet back in the early mid 90s. Um, at the time, I was an internationally syndicated newspaper cartoonist, and I put together a very first website. But back then, websites were not commercial operations, they were government operations, educational institutions. And so um, I recognized very early on that the internet was a, a beautiful platform, a beautiful medium for commercialization and there was no advertising. So I started the first ad company on the internet um, back in the, as I say, in the mid nineties, we introduced banner ads. We introduced the first affiliate programs. uh, We introduced all types of advertising modalities um, and obviously to great commercial success, our ads ended up running on virtually every website that existed. Um, And so we we brought tens of millions of people to the web, the web exploded around us um, and we quickly graduated from the initial commercialization of Web One. Um, my staff and I blew up—you know, hundreds of people working for me—and um, we started to work on Web Two. And we developed a lot of the protocols and a lot of the architecture that went into Web Two. We patented a lot of Web Two technology. And around 2003, we started to run into the limits of what Web Two could do, with it being asynchronous, meaning you know, one person posts and then later another person posts um, as feedback and we started to look at how could we really create new disruptive verticals things like concerts and conventions things like real estate and open houses that really weren't impacted very substantially by the web and that's when we started to think about what would later become the metaverse what we call the virtual world web which we contrasted to the flat web which is you know just flat browser pages and so we started architecting around 2003 the first virtual worlds the first uh, networked world uh, platforms and of course you know that's a long time to be thinking about running into problems uh, developing software uh patenting technology and um over over the court over the course of 17 years you know we launched in 2005 our first generation and then our second generation software and so it's been that long that we've been encountering problems um, uh, because, you know, coming up with like what you were pointing out, this high fidelity kind of imagery, that's one facet, but it's a very complicated facet. Every aspect of metaverse is so much more complicated than people imagine. There are so many problems when you talk about hosting an event with millions of people, for example. It's easy to do if you make them look like cartoons or like Legos is virtually impossible without massive investment in technology, which we've done, of course, over the years and the experience uh, over the years of knowing what problems actually manifest and then coming up with you know the technical solutions to them.
0: Right, that's it's amazing. So basically you have one of the godfathers of the internet who's been working in the industry for more m- longer than a lot of the people in crypto have been born, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Building the most photorealistic metaverse from front end to back end with some of the most detail you've ever had. So I think you mentioned 2003 2005 so let's say this this metaverse itself has been in development for around 17 years where are you at now in terms of where is the metaverse at what are the plans moving forward like like what are your stages at right now
2: yeah it's really exciting because you know the metaverse we, we've been banging on this door for a long time and we've met with a lot of commercial success over the years I mean, we've had more than 50 million users come through uh, playing our various you know franchised out into 17 countries around the world but um, this generation relied on a whole bunch of pieces coming together. So all of the technology that we have been building and architecting um, really needed um, the level of computer graphic capabilities, the networking capabilities, the speed that we have now with uh, uh, the Internet um, to be able to render all of this. And so we're in phase one alpha testing. Um, which is which means we've got a live product. Um, we're going in there. We're actually building um, the the components. We're looking to flip to phase two alpha testing um, by next month. So in June, um, we'll be in phase two alpha testing, and uh, I think that by this uh, by September October time frame, we're really going to be looking at closed beta open beta where, you know, we're actually going to be having people come in, you know, I could tour you guys around right now in our phase one alpha. Um, but you know, to open the doors to our, um, our access list and to start letting in hundreds of people then thousands of people then hundreds of thousands of people. Um, I hope to be there, uh, well before the end of uh, this year.
1: Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> when do you think it'll be fully operational? Like when do you see it as okay, hands off, we're there, alpha's done, beta's done, testing's done. When do you see that happening?
2: Well, a lot of those types of issues are really how you define it. Um, the software will be fully operational while we're in the beta phase. Um, but it's much like, you know, the way I like to think of it, we're launching the Aon browser. It's a metaverse browser. And with the Aon browser, just like a web browser, you'd be able to landmark locations, you'd be able to jump from one venue to another venue, from one metaverse to another metaverse. You'd be able to find your friends online and jump over to your friends. Just like the browsers are on version 11 or version 12, um, there's a lot of development that will continue happening. I mean, We've got a roadmap out many years, even maybe a decade of continuous upgrades and development. Um, So, you know, the full integration of uh, NFTs and crypto and really Web3 fully integrated, the full integration of the flat web um, and those capabilities, that's going to, you know, over the course of, I mean, the short answer to the question is, we will be fully operational next year um, out of testing. Um, But we're going to continue to add features. We're going to continue to grow um, over many, many years. Um, because it's just not going to stop. There's, yeah. there's, I mean, it's going to be so fully featured even this year in in open beta. Uh, That's going to be fantastic.
1: I'm excited.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> so you talk about all these things that have been in development for so long. All these you know crazy features, detailed this, and obviously developments in the metaverse as a whole have really taken off since the announcement from Facebook changing their name to Meta. Because you've been developing this metaverse and, the, and this platform for so long, did that announcement kind of spur you to be like, okay, now is the time to launch, or or have there been things going on in the background that have been basically the reason why you've now decided, all right, now is the time. Let's ramp it up. Let's get public. Let's go. Was it was it kind of the metaverse environment and what's happened with crypto, or has it kind of been planned this way from the start?
2: Well, you know, it, it's really both. I mean, we've been planning this for a very long time, but the um. The general public wasn't wasn't aware, so uh, there had been a few false starts that we had over the years. I thought that VR headsets were going to be much more popular much sooner, and so you know we really planned a virtual reality version of our metaverse, and it sort of fell flat uh, when we tried to launch it because just not enough people had um, Oculus Rift headsets back in the day. Um, but Facebook changing its name to Meta to me felt like um, you know I'm a marathon runner. Um, who's been uh, benched on the couch, uh, eating potato chips for two years. And all of a sudden, the phone rings. And it's like, okay, tomorrow, you're running a marathon. (laughs) Uh, You know, Facebook changed the name to Meta, and the phone was ringing off the hook. Um, Well, the texts were (laughs) ringing off the hook, let's be serious. Um, And uh, uh, so that definitely kickstarted things. But the truth of the matter is, We had been gearing up to launch this year anyway, because we were heavily involved in the crypto space. We introduced one of the very first uh, virtual currencies, what we call the world currency raise um, back, you know, 2007. Um, So we've really had a thriving economy within a metaverse for a very long time. We saw what was happening in the crypto space. It really felt like all of the pieces were coming together. And so I had been dedicating a lot of resource to launching out this Aon generation of our software, but then Facebook changing their name to Meta, all of a sudden, all of the attention, big investors uh, uh, looking to come in, you know, big uh, companies and and players looking to find a a home for their metaverse and their offerings. And so that really was a game changer.
0: for sure. Kind of a bit of a a kick in the butt, right? It's like, all right, we've been building this for so long. The time is now, you know what I mean? You got to you got to take advantage of of the global trends which and i think yeah i think you're about to about to do a really good job of that.
1: So it sounds like you you know you Meta Facebook changed its name to Meta. You got a ton of phone calls ringing off the hooks. You know you talked about investors and who who are your big partners? Like what major partners do you currently have in place? Are you able to talk about those at the moment or
2: Well, a lot of that ends up being proprietary. Okay. Um or to put another way it, I'm locked up under so many NDAs that it's uh, it's a little bit um, uh, of a minefield for me to discuss. But what I suggest, um, a, a lot of this, is, it, though I can't confirm it, you can Google it, and a lot of it has leaked out onto the web. I can't confirm that those leaks are true, let's say. Cannot uh, confirm or deny. Uh, <laughs> but you'll see you'll see some of them and, and some of the names um uh, have really kept a tight lid but they're huge huge companies I mean can't get bigger
0: I like it I can't so wait though it's to, exciting to, yeah you know? yeah that's yeah cool. it's like I like it you know one of the things that's always you know grasped me about learning about otherverse as compared to any of the other competitors out there is obviously how long it's been in development and your background so can you talk a bit about how technology's changed? from, I know you touched on it briefly, but maybe a little bit more into, you had this predecessor of the current otherverse, and you've already, you know, you've done, you've hosted events and all that kind of stuff. So how has technology in the metaverse changed from web two to web three and how have you, you and your team been able to adjust to make sure that where the other verse is at now is still going to be, you know, the pinnacle, an industry leader, because you've obviously been building for longer than most of the other projects, but maybe there's some other parts in the technology that have to be updated. So can you speak a bit on that and how things have changed?
2: I think it's a very, very wise question, um, Shane, because it's definitely true that we we started our, our version one of the software started, uh, people may be familiar with what's called um, uh, like game engines. Um, like you have uh, Unity and you have Unreal, and there's a number of uh, high-level game engines. Um We started off building our own. um, And uh, we've later, uh, in in first generation, we used a a world's game engine. In the second generation, we used a different game engine. Um, And in the third generation and the Aeon generation, we've constantly been modernizing. Um, The engine is really just what it sounds like it's it, it you know you have to build the whole car around it and you really have to optimize the engine and, and take care of it and make sure that it interacts with all the other pieces of the car but it's the core uh feature so um staying up on on the most um advanced game engines has allowed us to continually modernize. And then our technology, which is all of this stuff that's subject to all of these patents and all of this uh, uh, trade secret and proprietary information, institutional knowledge that we've just developed and these technological hurdles, a lot of that is largely the same. Uh, that technology is just better optimized because we've got faster servers, you know, this distributed architecture where we can have servers and nodes and access uh, to distributed ledger and blockchain technology, really, um, you know, that I, I would, I suppose, I would say that that's been the most challenging feature is how to best use the distributed ledger technology and blockchain and really hashgraph um, as next generation kind of blockchain, um, so that everything is faster, everything is local, um, but it's really the speed of networks and the speed of computers that has been the greatest advantage. One of the stories, you know, um, we we uh, were experimenting with the Unity engine seven, eight years ago, and every time Unity would upgrade, it would break things that we had built on Unity. Um, and so, you know, that's been a huge transition now that Unity is very stable and that's still our, um, you know, the the engine that we're running on um uh, for a variety of reasons the community around unity is so spectacular and the tools that they build that we're able to leverage also um, but you know now that unity is stable with with their builds it gives us a lot more stability um so uh, it it has been a challenge for sure and and it's one thing to be the industry leader back in you know 2010 and it's a whole other thing to stay on top of that and really optimize the technology in 2022 and looking forward to 2023
1: Yeah, the fact that you've been able to do that, I think, speaks volumes uh, to what you've been able to accomplish thus far. And I think anybody who's watching or listening to this episode is getting really excited uh, about the big reveal. I'm sure there's some holders in some of the bigger projects, right? Bigger metaverse projects that exist at the moment. You know, I I kind of view it as like the top three, the big three. You have Meta, uh, you have Decentraland, and you have The Sandbox. How do you differ and what would you say is your biggest competitive advantages uh, over those three?
2: So that's a whole episode right there. <laughs> but um, I'll, give you, I'll give you some of the, some of the highlights. Um, uh, there are so many business, I wanna start somewhere that you wouldn't expect. There are so many business models in prior metaverse iterations, really what we were calling virtual worlds back in the day that have proven to be unsuccessful. And I look at land as a prime example, and I say, you know, they're following business methods that we've seen fail in the past. Um, So just as an example, how one sells land um, and and how you make sure that the land um, retains value. Um, It's very easy to sell land on hype, but it's really a different story to say, well, what what gives that land intrinsic value? What gives it intrinsic value is that there's offerings there. There's you know um, uh, uh, there's shows or there's meetups and there's events and 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 people have a vested interest in going there. And also that it's convenient to get there. And that you don't have to walk through uh, you know you don't have to take a huge trek um, uh, to get to this land. And you don't have to go through other people's properties. And we saw. It, if i can make the comparison to second life where a lot of land when second life first opened was sold at, at high value and then people realized well other people wall off their their sims around um around your sim and you can't see over the walls you can't get through the walls and so you're 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 basically in a desert even though you're central and the land ha- should have value so you know that being one kind of micro example of business methods you know i'm not comfortable selling land um, unless i know that that land is constantly you know our our business model really is not selling land um it's really providing portals providing access having a a search engine because search in a metaverse is completely different if you think about uh, then search on a flat web like if you think about there's a concert with 10, 20 million people, um, I'm in Vancouver. I may say, well, I want to go and meet people potentially that I could be friends with in the real world. So I'm not just searching for the concert, but I'm searching for the concert where there's a dimension that has people in Vancouver and maybe I'm single. And so I want to go to a dimension where there's other single people in Vancouver. And you can really drill down and get specific in this type of search. So, um, you know, the, the, just having a, having a parcel uh, of land. Um, you know the, the value is negligible um, compared to having a property where there's uh, activities happening all around you and, and you know that's constantly managed. And so our business model being um, be the browser, the Aeon browser, be the search engine, be the network, and then make sure that whenever there's um, people coming in to operate their metaverse, the, what we call an otherverse sovereign in the otherverse sovereign they're able to set their own rules their own graphics their own you know physics and so uh for example um you may want to have a cartoony version of the metaverse and that's enabled um and so you can come in and, and then you can let's say anime you can have various anime stores and 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 conventions and and activities and movie theater and and all of these things um and they would all be Um, very central in your metaverse you wouldn't want to have them all spread out all over Um, and you wouldn't want to have anime interspersed with photorealism interspersed with you know a church and then a nude beach right I mean these things that clash and and they just bring all the land value down so I know I'm sort of shotgun scattering an answer there but um, with a bunch of examples to sort of highlight the the difference in the business
0: yeah no I think that's honestly that's that's Painted a very amazing picture of what the other verse can be because it's it's just built on so many different levels than what the current competition is. You know, decentraland is what it is. The sandbox, yes, you can build in it, but the graphics is what they, they are, what they are, and they don't really change a lot. I know over time, obviously a little bit, but as you just described, the other verse with almost an infinite amount of possibilities, whether it be gravity or gameplay or the types of people that are going to be eventing uh, attending the concerts or the bars. I feel like really it is limitless, which, you know, if you think about uh, um, the one metaverse to end all metaverses, like we, we said at the top of the show, that is basically how you'd want to describe it. And I think that's pretty cool. Going on what you just talked about, about the, the metaverse land, because we know from the land sales in, in projects like Decentraland, the Sandbox, even you know, the play to earn games that claim to be metaverses that aren't really metaverses like Axie Infinity and stuff like that. They raise a shit ton of money selling their NFT land. And I know you just described how your NFT land is going to be different, but I think we should shift gears now to how will the other verse integrate NFTs into your platform? And is there anything you're doing differently with NFT specifically that you want people to know about?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, we're we're introducing and and we're going to be dropping uh, uh, relatively soon um, what we call FNFTs functional NFTs um, and so different from NFTs in general um, th- these aren't just an uh, an image or, or or a graphic these have a- actual function and they're verified and authenticated on the otherverse platform um, and so what distinguishes an FNFT for example um, you know we're we're doing a drop and um, uh, instead of just dropping with an avatar, um, we're dropping, for example, your avatar with clothing items. Some of these clothing items, like accessories, for example, a glow stick, um, and this glow stick will actually have particle effects. So you know, you, you have a special glow stick or you have a special watch, and you go on a dance floor, and it acts as a glow stick in in um, what you would see in the real world. Um, So uh, adding function, things that are very cool that, you know, we've learned from experience um, operating our our, um, classic platform. Um, For example, when you walk through a door, when you walk through a transport, or when you, you know, just click a hyperlink to to go to meet up with a friend, um, rather than just having your avatar disappear, um, to have these particle effects where your avatar can dematerialize. Um, and it can dematerialize in very cool ways, like Star Trek or like my favorite one uh, was when I would, I, I, we call it poof. I would poof into a bunch of skulls that would, you know, sort of float up. Um, and these kind of effects that you can have NFTs that have this function. Um, similarly, when as part of the NFT package, the FNFT package that we're going to drop, um, we are doing, I, I would call it land because it's kind of landed away. It's, uh, uh, it's a it's a a luxury apartment or condo um, uh, that exists in a tower uh, that overlooks the main plaza of Otherverse. So in the main plaza, there's concerts and there's all all, all the high end uh, uh, clubs and events. And you know, having a penthouse, for example, or a sub penthouse in this main plaza condo, um, we use unreal space. So we're going to have lots of penthouse lots of sub penthouses lots of these luxury condos in the one building the building doesn't need to tower and be you know ten thousand stories tall uh, to accommodate this um because the unreal space you can transport to your condo and you can overlook the main plaza um, and and in that way we're consistent with the business model where there's a population density and you you're not you're not spending 20 minutes to go to your land um and it, your land actually has value but it's a, what we call a smart door or a smart elevator in this case where you click it you know uh, you can have an nft key people can have nft keys to your condo and you know they are automatically transported up the elevator um intelligently or if they have multiple keys you know the elevator can present with multiple options for where to go um but in that way the land is what I call unreal land, unreal space, because you really couldn't have that many condos in this one building. Um, But of course, because we're dealing in virtual real estate, we take advantage of all that.
1: That's mind blowing. I mean, that sounds like uh, (laughs) Ready Player One or something like that, you know? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, uh, that's what that's what we were going for back before Ready Player One was shot.
1: With these functional NFTs, you know, I, a lot of NFT projects that come out, there's only ten thousand that are available. But you're dealing with millions of people. Are these NF, Are these functional NFTs? Are they already created, or you know, how how's that work? Like all of a sudden, I get a key. Is It just minted out thin air. Like,
2: well, we we haven't we haven't minted this first run yet. Um, there will be a total of 14,444 um, when all is said and done. It's dropping the the first drop um, is the trunk 3,333. Um, and then the trunk opens uh, to present 7777 um, uh, wardrobes uh, with avatars. Uh, but, you know, we didn't want to make the avatar the feature because, because our platform is so dynamic, um, that we can scan—you know—anyone can scan their face, ultimately their body, and it can go onto an avatar. And um, so uh, uh, we did, uh, and you, because there's all the blend shapes. Uh, Going to get into tech tech talk. Yeah, keep but it high high level. What, keep I'm high saying, level. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you you can make a face, um, and so we didn't want to say, well, this avatar is unique. Um, because you know it's it's a one of a kind. Because someone could really m- mock it up, and they could they could make their own avatar look similar. So instead, we add function to all of the, the pieces um, and turn them into F NFTs. And that's where really the NFTs get their intrinsic value because okay. nobody can make a glow stick, right? Um, uh, it, we can have these special particle effects that are unique and novel. Um, so uh, uh, from from that standpoint. Um, uh, uh they get their intrinsic value but uh no at this point um they they haven't been minted yet but that's um you know we're we're just starting to generate all the excitement because now we've finally got the platform and it's running in in phase one alpha. Um, right. so you know we've we've got light at the end of the tunnel for when this thing is going to open now
0: yeah awesome no, it's super exciting so basically we, we you know we've covered what the other verse is what your background and your team has been working on for the past 17 years. The business model and how it differs from the competition, which is kind of gives it a massive leg up and being that dynamic and flexible. We then went through what the NFTs are going to look like and, and if there is a bit of a land and all that kind of stuff. But from a high level perspective, I want to get your opinion. If you think about where we are with the internet right now and how we've seen the progression of the internet over the past several decades... And then where we are with metaverse right now and how the metaverse is now going to go over the next several decades. Can you draw some parallels there in what you see the similarities between, like, is the metaverse the next internet or is it, we're going to run parallel with it or anything that like you, you know, I want to hear your opinion on that.
2: Yeah. Um. Uh, again, you know, great, great question because uh, this is something I, I enjoy talking about. Um, I, I look at the internet as having... Um, Levels, basically, generations. Right. The 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 very first internet. Um, uh, when the internet was first born, you had all of these distributed, uh, the these disparate applications. You had, um, Usenet groups and and chat rooms, and you had, um, uh, FTP and Gopher protocols, and and all of these. Um, and then along comes the Mosaic browser. Really, you know, the first popular browser, and all of a sudden you have the web where in a single application, you can access all of this stuff. and the internet was able to explode in, in that generation. Um, web 2, you know after multiple years of, of sort of just a very static web, uh, we have Web 2 come along where you have a new layer on top of web 1. Um, and this layer is an interactive layer. It's an asynchronous communication layer. Um, and where we are now, I mean it's, I think it's appropriate to call it Web3. I like to call it web3.d because uh, I'm being queued instead of Web 3.0. Yeah, yeah. um, but it really is a layer that will sit on top of the existing internet. And we're going to see the disruption that we saw. You know, e- Each layer of the, the web um, was disruptive in an order of magnitude more than the prior one. And this one is not any different. This one is going to have subsume Web 2. so. Within our browser, for example, you could use it as a, well, you will be able to use it as a flat web browser. So you'll be able to surf to websites. The websites though, can be embedded within the metaverse, and you can have all kinds of screens and embedded flat web pages. So you can do data entry and you can have these chat rooms and and chat boards, but then you've also got everything else. And, you know, it's it's a technology which is a little bit frightening because it, it can, if you imagine Ready Player One and you imagine virtual reality and the realism that um, is going to be able to be imparted to people, it's going to save an enormous amount of um, of stress and the environment and money. I mean, you know, you'll be able to have. Millions of people attending the same lecture at Harvard, um, and so you know anywhere in the world someone could get a Harvard-level education. So the price structure of that drops down to pennies for a Harvard-level education, um, um, and you're interacting with other students and with with the the instructors. Um, you know you can have uh, concerts and conventions where you don't need to fly out to this convention, um, and you don't need to construct a million-dollar booth. Um, these can be done virtually and it can be done for pennies. So the conventions can be orders of magnitude larger and the carbon footprint is so small and the the, the value proposition is so big. Um, and so this is a more disruptive technology, Web3 Web, web three and, and metaverse. When it is in, instantiated properly, this is going to be the biggest disruptor of in, in the history of humanity. And it, In my belief, it really needs to be done delicately, thoughtfully. I mean, this is why I've stuck with it all these years, because I have this fear that governments will do this or big social media corporations. You know, we didn't really get to talk about Facebook horizon, you know, worlds um, where they don't even give you legs. I mean, you know, talk about creating an incel epidemic. Um, uh, You you can't hug. You can't do anything. You don't, you know. um, And so. Uh, uh, but the opportunity here uh, because it's going to be it's going to be a a, a, it's really like creating a global um, phenomenon a global new kind of government almost where everybody can interact and and it's very equalizing around the world everybody has opportunity and so it's exciting on the one hand but boy the dystopian uh, the dystopian possibilities also are what keep me up at night.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we have the perfect person right now with you uh, behind the scenes helping to get Otherverse started, uh, speaking to everything you just alluded to. Where can we find you? Where can we learn more about the Otherverse?
2: So um, our main portal is at otherverse.io.
1: Okay.
2: And that's for the current version of this uh of- the software and the offerings, the FNFTs, and the the current cryptocurrency when it comes out, um, and other otherwise, um, uh, follow us on Twitter. You can join our Discord, and um, those links are also on the website.
1: Perfect. Yeah, we'll absolutely. put a link. We'll put a link to that at the bottom of this episode Thank as well.
2: You. Yeah, for
0: sure. So just you know, to clarify for everyone listening out here and watching right now, the other verse it hasn't launched yet. They will have a token, their own cryptocurrency that also hasn't launched yet. Um, so there's a ton of exciting things. we're going to be continuing to update you guys and girls about the Otherverse as it moves along. So make sure to like, subscribe, hit the follow button, follow that Otherverse Twitter because the the updates. And I don't know if you listen to that episode and you're not excited about the future of the Metaverse and Otherverse, I don't know what's going on, but
1: I'm pumped. Me too. I can't wait. Brian, thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure we'll be diving into a ton of other uh, topics with you later on in the future
2: such a pleasure thanks guys i i appreciate you highlighting us
0: yeah awesome brian well we'll talk to you again soon cheers hey sounds good make sure you guys all tune
1: into the next episode that one's gonna be a banger
0: views expressed by speakers on the bean pod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the bean pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.